It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, there'll be a lot of support trackside in Baku this weekend because Formula One roars back to life this weekend in Azerbaijan. And as I said, Matty Kosh is the uh, Formula One editor at speedcafe.com and he joins us on the line here on the Captain's Run. Morning to you, Matty. Thanks for your time. No worries. How are you going? Are going well. Hope things are well with you. you. Had a little break. Obviously, we haven't raced for what is it now? Four weeks or something? Yeah, it's it's about that. I've I've had enough time to shave the beard and grow it again. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been three weeks since the Australian Grand Prix. Obviously, that we were meant to have a Chinese Grand Prix this year, but uh, you know, COVID put paid to that. Uh, so I've had a, a bit of a, I guess what is it, a summer-ish holiday for Formula One, which is actually proved quite popular, quite popular uh, among the teams and drivers. I've gone off sorting themselves about and working hard in the factory, and we've arrived in Baku, and most of them have got a whole heap of upgrades to, to bolt onto the car this weekend, and mm. basically it's a whole new start to the season. Almost a European spring break, wasn't it? Now, actually, before we get into the weekend to come, Matty, um, I read the story this morning, and uh, deja vu, of course, because you said this before, uh, a double down, if you like, world champion Max Verstappen, uh, threats to quit Formula One when his contract expires. That's not until 2028, of course, but he's saying changes to the sport could drive him away. For those unfamiliar, what's what's he, what's he his main beef? So Max Verstappen is an interesting character. He's in the sport because he loves driving. He doesn't want to do all the rest of it. He's actually a lot like Shane Van Gisbergen in that respect. He loves the sport, uh, loves the technicality and the competition, but doesn't like all the fanfare that goes with it. Max is also a traditionalist. He likes the standard qualifying format, practices leading into that so you can perfect the car and then Mm. going into that one grand show, the grand prize, the Grand Prix, uh, that he thinks should be the focus of the weekend and everything else is a distraction and it's diluting the meaning of it all. Uh, He comes from a a family that's deeply rooted in motorsports. All his father was a teammate of Michael Schumacher back in the uh, the mid-1990s. So his mother raced go-karts as well, was a world champion, I think, off the top of my head. So he's got that traditional viewpoint in Formula 1. He doesn't like the commercialization that Liberty Media, the sports commercial owners, are bringing into it, um, trying to do things to spice up the show. And in his opinion, cheapen it a little bit. He uh-huh. likes the old-school stuff. He's, he's a little bit like me. He's a traditionalist, but... I guess he's a little bit less pragmatic, and ultimately, you know, when you're that successful, you can uh, you can do what you do, and then retire at the ripe old age of 30 with your your millions and private jet. So I think one of his issues is the sprint format. So we've got our first appearance of the sprint in Baku for the year. Can, can you talk us through this for the uninitiated, Matt? Yeah, so it's a little bit different to what's happened previously. Usually. The way Formula One has worked for 73 years old now, but for 70 of those years, you'd rock up and on a Friday you'd go practice for a couple of hours. You'd have two usual practice sessions. Uh, It's changed a little bit over the years, but two practice sessions on a Friday. Saturday morning, you've got another practice session to just refine everything, and then you roll into qualifying, which sets the grid for Sunday's race. That's the format that was in place for 70-odd years. A couple of years ago... Liberty Media, the sports commercial owners, introduced this new format basically to try and spice up the show and 
improve the television package, try and get more people to the track and improve the return that event promoters get as well. So what happened is you get Friday practice, the first session, you then roll immediately then into a qualifying session. So you had one practice session before you got a competitive session. So you had very, very little time. That used to feed into another practice session on Saturday morning. That's been scrapped now, and there's now another qualifying session. But this one sets the grid for what's known as the sprint. So if you look at Friday, you've got practice and qualifying. That qualifying session sets the grid for Sunday's race. Saturday is then almost a, its own little ecosystem where you've got a separate qualifying session, and that sets the grid for the sprint, which is a 100-kilometer race. It's not officially known as a race, but it is a race. They've got to start. They've got a checkered flag. It's a race. Uh, that is about a third the distance of a normal Grand Prix, and that's a new initiative basically to spice up the television product as mm-hmm. much as anything else. It's proved hugely popular with television uh, and with event promoters, less so with the drivers, and it's split the fan base uh, as well, but the ratings don't lie. It's improved things. A hey. lot of drivers... Don't mind it as long as it's not at every race. Max Verstappen hates it because he feels that having a race on a Saturday, even though it's only for a maximum of eight points rather than the 25 that you can get on a Sunday, he feels that it cheapens that Grand Prix. Um, So that's what we're going into this weekend. It's the first time this particular weekend format has been used. It used to be the... You know, the one qualifying session and the sprint would feed into the Grand Prix, but that's all far too complicated, and I've scrapped that, thankfully. Now I've got two qualifying sessions and then that 100-kilometre sprint on uh, on Saturday evening, and that's what that's what Max doesn't like. Yeah. He hasn't got a lot else to complain about, though, does he, Max? Because uh, he ended the break with a 15-point lead, and a 15-point lead above his own teammate, Sergio Perez, and, and Red Bull have been completely and utterly dominant, haven't they? A 58-point advantage, I think, in the Constructors' Championship as well. So... Can anyone ask the question of them in Azerbaijan, do you think, Matt, after this break? Short answer, no. Long answer, absolutely not. Um, (laughs) The reason being that uh, Red Bull is just really quick. They've got a lot of downforce on their car, which means they can get around the corners quite quickly. You know, Azerbaijan, it's effectively a really long straight connected by a series of 90-degree third-gear corners. Mm. Red Bull territory. They've got good medium to low speed grip. They've got good downforce. They've got good high speed grip. But then they've also perfected that car so that in a straight line, it is probably the slipperiest in the field. And that, that's good because it means you can get to high top speeds, which makes you harder to pass. You then open the DRS on that uh, on that car, the drag reduction system, which gives them a bit of a speed boost if they're in the slipstream of the car ahead. That's super, super efficient for the uh, the Red Bulls. Or well. no one else's comes close. So other teams are almost referring to it as a double DRS. It's that powerful. Um, so that car just around the corners, you, you're going to struggle to pass in in Baku down the straights. That car is so fast that even if you're in the slipstream, I don't think you're going to get anywhere near it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Red Bull. Again, if you're uh, if you want to put a, a dollar on it. Go and put it on uh, on Max Verstappen. Maybe a dollar fifty on uh, Sergio Perez because there's a big return there. He is a street circuit uh, expert, and he's also you know he's Max Verstappen's teammate at Red Bull, mm. so he's in the gun car as well. Behind that, it's anyone's guess, but the uh, the two Red Bulls are going to run away with it this weekend, I think. Yeah, I, the one asterisk I have on maybe that that you can come back to the argument that anything could happen is it's the sort of circuit, is it not, where there is always the chance. 
for carnage, especially with the sprint as well. So a couple of races there. There's a real chance we could get some cars getting absolutely trashed. So that's shocking for the teams, but pretty entertaining from a spectator's point of view, I would have thought. Absolutely, and that's exactly why Formula One has introduced this sprint format because it it introduces another star. It introduces more jeopardy earlier in the weekend mm. and can shake the order. And uh, what we want to do is introduce variables without making it artificial. So that's what the sport's been been trying to do. Baku is a it's a bonkers circuit. It's got a massive long straight, it's about two kilometre long straight, and as I say, the rest of it's joined up by ninety degree corners. One of those is a narrower section of the of the, uh, any circuit anywhere that Formula One goes to. So it's seven and a half metres wide as it goes past the old castle in Baku. Um, it's a tricky circuit. Lots of walls hemming it in as well. There's blind corners everywhere. You don't tend to have small accidents in Baku. <laughs> and just because of the nature of it, if you have one, there's a good chance you're going to draw someone else into it as well and cause, if not a safety car, a, a red flag, uh, we've seen it before, tyres failing. Max Verstappen had one a couple of years ago. Uh, Charles Leclerc last year had an engine fail on his car while leading. It's a car killer. It's a driver killer as well. Um, the circuit's quite windy, or the, the, the city is quite windy. And because there's 90-degree corners, the cars are constantly changing. They're very susceptible to wind, so that's an extra challenge for them as well. Throw all that together, and mm. with any luck... We get a few mishaps, lock breaks, drivers going wide. Hopefully, not nothing too big. Yeah, but uh, we get that uncertainty that that gives us a race. I guess a little bit like we saw in uh, in Melbourne, preferably without the red flags. But uh, that's the sort of thing that Formula One is trying to generate. That that uncertainty, that edge of your seat stuff that you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Until we get to the checkered flag. No, I, like, I like that. And hey, buckle up because after that uh, four week break we mentioned, um, what have we got? This is the the start of five races in what six weeks? Yeah. So we've got uh, we've got the Azerbaijan Grand Prix this this weekend. Immediately, the teams will pack up and head over to Miami for the yep. second Miami Grand Prix. Uh, we then got a week off. We can catch our breath. Uh, it's in the Emilia-Romagna Grand Prix, or for most people, it goes to, the Formula 1 goes to Imola, the circuit where it and Senna was killed in 1994. From there, it's immediately on to Monaco and then immediately on to, on to Spain, a, a triple header of events. Uh, I'm going to be over there for, for those three uh, on the ground, which will be... Which would be good. It's a, it's a killer of a schedule now. As you say, five events in, in six weeks. And then there's not a lot of time off again before the next couple of events, which is Austria and, uh, and Silverstone. So it's a real crushing part of the calendar up until August when we've got the summer break and the teams have a couple of weeks off. And that's mandatory weeks off because the calendar is so yeah. nuts. So, yeah, it gets... It gets really busy now, but the problem is it doesn't stop for a couple of months. And then once it starts again, it doesn't stop again until uh, until December. Maddie, magnificent. Can't wait to see it all come back. Uh, I love the sport, and it's going to be fascinating viewing in, uh, in Baku this weekend. Appreciate your insights, mate. Have a good weekend. Thank you. Matt Kosh there joining us from speedcafe.com, and he joined us thanks to Shell V-Power. Feeling the racing feeling with the Shell V-Power racing team.